Welcome to the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I'm Ashley Young, pianist, instructor, and business coach. And I'm here to help you dream big about what your studio could be if you are willing to open your mind and level up your business skills. I'm going to share the tangible strategies that I've learned for streamlining and scaling your studio so that you can align your business to work for your life instead of letting your business control your life. I am so happy that you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome into another episode of The Prosperous Piano Teacher. I am Ashley. Welcome back if you're a longtime listener. And if you're new here, welcome in. I am really looking forward to recording today's episode. We're going to be talking about content as currency, okay? And I really do want you to be thinking about content as currency. And we're going to dive in and go over how you can make more money using content creation in 2024. Um, this is being recorded at the beginning of 2024. And so I wanted to give you some ideas that will set the tone and help you dream about what 2024 can be. But really the things that we're going to talk about in today's episode would be applicable regardless of the year. So if you're listening to this much later, these tips would still apply. Now, I we are going to talk about five different ways that you can make money with content creation, even if you are new at it, even if you don't have experience with it or you don't have a huge following. And then I'm also going to share four tips with you for content creation and for doing it in a way that will actually lead you towards um, monetizing it, or in other words, making money with it. Now, in going through these tips and the ways to make money, we'll also likely touch a little bit on some of the platforms. I'm not going to do a huge deep dive into all of the platforms, but we will talk about some of the pros and cons of some of the platforms as well. Now, before we dive in, I just wanted to say hello and welcome back. Um, welcome back this week. I feel like it's been a whirlwind. I don't know about all of you, but the, the beginning of the year always just kind of kicks my butt. <laughs> um, I always have the expectation that the holidays are going to be a break. And in so many ways they are. But I think as so many of you understand, like if you have family around or friends that you see during the holidays, or if you're the parent of young, like young children, it's not a really like relaxing break right? Because you're, you're seeing people and you're kind of creating the magic for the little people. And there's all of those things that are happening. So whenever I get to January, it's kind of like I hit the ground running, but I'm like, wait a minute, I don't, I didn't get that like relaxing vacation that I had in my head. Of course we did some great things, you know, we went and saw family and it was all filled with wonderful things. It's just not the most restful time. And I need to like, I'm marking this right now in this podcast episode so that next year when the holidays come, I can remember this um, and either schedule things a little bit differently or create a different expectation in my mind. But I hope that you had a great month and I hope that you are just kicking things off so strong for 2024. I was reading recently that 2024 is going to be the year of like a collective level up, which I thought was really cool and really inspiring. And um, whether it's true or not, I definitely took that little nugget and put it in my brain um, as something that I want to make true for 2024. So let's go ahead and dive in. We're going to start by talking about um, just the fact that a lot of teachers that I encounter in, you know, meeting all of you through this podcast and also with clients that I'm working with um, in business coaching are really scared to do stuff online. And I know some of you are already putting stuff out online regularly, but a lot of people are scared to get started or scared to really go all in with creating content or posting things online. And I want to kind of break down why content creation is so important and such a game changer 
for your business. I also totally understand that it can be scary to get started. It's always scary to do anything new, right? Like anytime we want to make a big change in our life, it doesn't matter what area of our life that changes in. It's going to be scary because biologically change is scary. Like our brain is always going to perceive change, even if it's positive change as a threat to our current reality. And so humans have a hard time making and implementing changes. And so if you're feeling like, ooh, online or like content creation is something I want to do, but it is scary, just know that you're not alone. Know that that's totally normal. And hopefully by the end of this episode, you're going to have some fire and inspiration to help you move past that. So content, when I say content or posting stuff online, I'm kind of using those interchangeably. Really what I mean is anything that you put on the internet, whether you give it away for free or you charge money for it. It doesn't matter. Anything that you put out into the world on the internet, on any social media platform is content, okay? It could be an email that you write to your studio. That's a piece of content. It could be an Instagram post. It could be a blog post. It could be a YouTube video, a Facebook video, a live stream, something on TikTok, any social media platform, anything you post online. And one thing that I do want to make sure you understand here is that it comes in a variety of different formats, right? There's short form content like a YouTube video, excuse me, a YouTube short or an Instagram reel, which are less than 60 seconds. There's long form content, which would be a longer video on YouTube that's longer than 60 seconds or a video on Facebook that's longer than 60 seconds. There are also blog post, which is written content, right? Or the caption of your Instagram post or the caption, what you write out for your Facebook video, that would also be written content. So it comes in a variety of different forms. And that's something that I want you to keep in mind as we go through and talk about this, because oftentimes I think people get stuck thinking they have to create videos or they have to be a great writer. And that's not necessarily true. You can start with one form, and then you can dip your toes in and get better at the other forms as well. Um, as many of you know, I started, <clears throat> excuse me, just doing YouTube videos. And I started only doing longer form content. So my videos were like five to seven minutes long. And then now throughout the years, I've done blog posts, I've done short form, I've done live streams that were like an hour long. And so, and I've become much more comfortable with like written content as well. That was something that I had no confidence with when I first started. And so I just want you to keep that in mind. Like it doesn't have to be all of the things you could get started with one kind of content creation. And you could do that until you feel comfortable because really when we're talking about content, it encompasses a lot. Now, um, when you release content, any kind of content on any platform, it's basically like your business has access to a free billboard. But it's even better than that because I want you to think about in the past, and I guess billboards are still currently a thing, but think about the way billboards work. Like you pay a large sum of money to have a picture. And sure, you can have some words on that picture, but you have a picture and some words basically in large form that people drive by. Now you are so limited by that form of advertising, right? Because it's not a video. Well, I guess some video I've, I've seen like flashing, like where things are changing on the billboard, but for the most part, billboards are just pictures, right? So you're limited. It's just a picture with a little bit of text. So it's not like a big, long social media post. And it's also not a video. So you're limited by that. It also costs quite a bit of money and you're not targeting in a specific way. Like a billboard is going to be shown to anyone that passes by. So it's not a targeted audience right? Um, it's really just anyone that happens to see the billboard. 
And so from a marketing standpoint, obviously billboards work or we wouldn't still be doing them, right? They work and they've been working for a long time, but with social media, it's even more powerful. Content is so, so, so powerful because first of all, you have the variety of formats that we talked about. It's not just a picture with text on it, like a billboard, right? And so you have so many different formats to get your message across, to teach what you want to teach, to get the information to the people that want it. There's so many different vehicles that you can use. But also from a marketing standpoint, you get to target specific people. So if you are releasing content that is regular content that's about you know, piano lessons for kids ages three to five, the parents of those kids are going to find you and your audience, like as you grow your following is going to be filled directly with your target audience. Okay. And that is very, very powerful because it's not like a billboard where just random people are passing by and not noticing the billboard. It's like, you're kind of cultivating the specific people that will be interested in your message and you're, you're keeping them around and you're going to continue to have them drive by your billboards over and over and over again, um, because that's just how social media works. As you gain followers, they're telling you they're interested in what you're creating and you're kind of building that audience of people that are already interested in what you're doing. So this is hugely powerful and I hope that you can see the difference and I hope you can see why content creation or social media can be so powerful and such a game changer for your business. Now, the great thing about content creation is that you can make money with it um, pretty quickly. And this is true even if you're just starting out, even if you don't have a lot of followers or subscribers, even if you're not super, super experienced, there are tons of ways that you can make money uh, with content creation. So the first way is you can get more current clients, more clients. And by current clients, I mean clients related to what you are currently doing. So if you are a piano teacher that is teaching in-person or online lessons, and you haven't even thought about like, you know, expanding to digital courses or expanding beyond that, you can get more students with content creation. You can basically create content where you are answering questions that your students frequently ask, where you are making videos on things that you find yourself repeating over and over and over again. And you can post those videos or post those blog posts or pieces of content online. And you'll start to attract people that are very similar to the people you currently have in your studio because you're creating content for people just like them, right? And so that's one of the fastest ways that you can increase your income using social media is if you just post regularly, people are going to start reaching out to you about your services. I started my YouTube channel in the summer, like August of 2021. And within a couple of months, I had people asking me like, hey, will you teach me? Hey, can you be my teacher? Um, and I didn't have a huge following. Like it took me a while to build up the YouTube following. And so even in the beginning, when I had like a couple hundred followers, people were already starting to reach out and ask if I taught lessons. And part of that is because when you are creating content online, especially when you're consistent with it, it creates authority. Okay. It creates an awareness of your brand, but it also creates a relationship where people can trust you because they know that you are posting a video every single Monday, or they know that every single Thursday, your blog post comes out and they start to look forward to reading that. And you become an authority figure in their mind. You become a go-to person for the subject of which you are creating content. And that in and of itself is hugely powerful. That's different than someone just randomly stumbling across your website right? It's almost like the power of a referral because they already have a context for how you teach. They already have a context for who you are because they've been watching your content and they trust you because you've been releasing it regularly. 
All right. Number two, the second way that you can make money creating content online is with subscriptions and memberships. This would be something like Patreon, if you've heard of the website Patreon. It's basically the idea is that you set up a way for people to pay you either on like a, a case by case basis or Patreon often works on a subscription, like a monthly recurring basis. So you can say like, if you like what I'm doing online, if you're getting value out of the content, you know, sign up for my $5 a month Patreon and you get access to a once a month exclusive newsletter that nobody gets, only the $5 a month tier people get. And then you can say, you know, if you want to donate $20 a month to my cause, then you get access to a monthly Q&A that no one else gets access to. And it, we're not going to dive super deep into like how you would create those tiers and things like that. But that's a basic idea of how that works. Subscriptions and memberships where you're giving value and people support you either one time or on a recurring basis. Okay, so subscriptions and memberships. Now, from a business standpoint, subscriptions and memberships can also go way beyond something like Patreon, where um, people are paying you on a regular basis and they're getting access to like classes that you're teaching or some sort of training vault with lessons that you have in there. Um, so there's also like a way more advanced models of subscriptions and memberships. But if you've never thought about doing it, looking into something like Patreon is a great place to start because it really helps you get in the mindset of what a subscription or a membership is, and it starts to help you see what's possible. Now, the same thing is true with something like Patreon. You don't have to have a huge following, right? You could start a YouTube channel tomorrow, and in your very first video, you could say, if you like what you're seeing, you know, go over to Patreon and support me. You get this at this level and this at this level, right? And if you were to start something like Patreon from the very, very beginning, imagine in one year, if you had a thousand subscribers, how many more people would be on Patreon supporting you? Right. It might start with one person. Like I, I don't do a ton on Patreon anymore, but when I, I started probably a year into my journey, I did. And I got, you know, several people that signed up and were promoting or supporting me on a month by month, month basis. I didn't promote it a lot. And so it didn't grow, but had I continued to promote it in every single video, now that I'm at the point where two and a half years later, you know, there's a lot more subscribers. I bet that would be a good chunk of change every month right? Um, so consider doing something like that from the very beginning if you want to make sure that your content creation makes you money. Now, the third way that you can make money with content creation is with digital products like courses, eBooks, teaching resources, um, you know, training vaults, like we were just kind of even touching on like memberships or subscriptions, things like that. But basically anything that you can sell. Now, I like to stay with this in the digital product realm. Digital products are, in my opinion, going to be more scalable and more sustainable in the long term because the delivery of them can be very, very automated. There are some physical products like print on demand and merchandise and things like that that you can do without a lot of your time once you set them up. But the digital products that can be automated in a program like what I use Kajabi or even with like a, um, a simple automation of like you send a Google Drive, Drive link when someone purchases it and that's the delivery of the product. That's just, it's so simple. It's so streamlined. So things like eBooks can be automatically delivered. Things like 
PDF downloads can be automatically delivered. Anything that is a digital course, a digital download is going to be really, really streamlined to deliver. Once you start getting into um, physical products, that becomes a little bit more complicated. It's not impossible. Lots of people do it. It's not impossible, but there's just some more moving steps. Um, and so it's not as streamlined. So I would recommend starting with the digital products before you branch out into physical products. Now, same like uh, like point number one and point number two with digital products, you don't have to have a huge following to get started, right? You might not sell a lot in the very beginning, but if you create a course or you create an ebook and you start putting out content regularly within a few months, like people are going to become very aware of whatever digital offering you have and people will start to buy it. And so this is something that you can get started with, even if you don't have a huge following and it can build as your content builds as well. The fourth way that you can make money um, from content creation is with sponsorships or partnerships. Now this one, this is the one, <clears throat> well, I guess this is one of two on the list that does usually require a little bit of a larger following. Depending on the sponsorship or the partnership, they're going to want to make sure that your content is going to be seen by people. So sponsorships are like when you will partner with a brand and you will create content specifically promoting a product of theirs or specifically promoting the brand. And they pay you either by the amount of views that the piece of content gets, or they pay you a flat rate in the beginning. Or sometimes it works out where they'll like send you a product to use in a video. So there's a lot of different ways that this can work. And it does usually require a following of like over a thousand people. Um, but once you get to that point, you can make some really good money with sponsorships and partnerships. Now in this one, I also want to put a little caveat. I'm not doing its own link because in my mind, I kind of have them grouped, but in number four, I would also include affiliate marketing and affiliate marketing. You can do regardless of how big your following is. It can be small, it can be large affiliate marketing. Like you could go on Amazon today and set up an affiliate account. And basically it allows you to share links of products that you're going to recommend um, and get a small commission. Now, Amazon's commission is very, very small. Something like sweetwater.com, their commission is a little bit larger. If you're recommending like keyboards or musical instruments or a lot of music supplies or like tech stuff. Um, but looking into affiliate marketing is something that you can do from the very beginning. And if you're going to be recommending resources anyway, you might as well be getting a little tiny kickback. kickback. On Amazon, it's small. It's like you get like, I don't know, 1% on, you know, like a $7 rhythm book. So it's not like it's going to be millions of dollars in the beginning. But again, like a lot of these things that we're talking about, as it grows, if you're consistent with it, then it will start to be a good chunk of change. Okay, the fifth way that you can make money with content creation is ad revenue. And this is one of my favorite ways. Um, and this one is more specific to YouTube. Facebook and Instagram, uh, I don't know, actually, honestly, I don't know about TikTok, but Facebook and Instagram have started to try to compete in this way. Facebook is doing this thing where they're like allowing people to give you stars to pay you for your videos. And they're starting to like run ads on people's videos. But YouTube was the original in this. Um, originally, for many, many years on YouTube, when you are creating YouTube videos, once you get to a certain number of subscribers and once you get to a certain number of watch hours, meaning people have watched your videos for a certain amount of time, you are going to be eligible for ad revenue. And that means that YouTube is going to place ads in your videos, um, those in-stream ads where people will like have to kind of like skip skip the ad or watch the ad to continue on with the video and you get paid for that. And ad revenue is kind of amazing with YouTube because so far it's YouTube has been the social media platform that is pretty unique in this way. 
the platform actually pays you to create the content. The platform rewards you for keeping people on the platform. And that's just different than the other social media platforms. And so to me, and those of you that have been around for a long time and know that I have a YouTube channel and I'm very partial to that, um, that just makes a lot of good sense because YouTube not only gives you access to being on like really highly ranked with search results because YouTube and Google are the same thing. So not only is YouTube like a really great way to get your content in front of new people, but also eventually you start getting paid for creating that content. And so it's kind of this really awesome circle where it's like, not only does YouTube bring you new people that are likely to be interested in what you're doing, if you're creating the content well, and you start to grow your subscribers and they start, start to show your videos to more and more people. So it's like your subscribers start to grow your audience starts to grow, which is gonna help you with points number one, two, three, and four, if you're doing any course selling, if you're doing any memberships, if you're doing anything like that. But then also you eventually are making money from the platform itself. Now I've spoken about this on the podcast and I I will do a deep dive episode into this soon. I haven't done it yet. Um, but you know, the ad revenue from YouTube in the beginning, it's not much. It was like $30 a month for me for a while, for a long time, maybe for like a year. And they have a hundred dollar minimum threshold. So I wasn't even getting paid on a monthly basis. Right. But it still feels good to know that something is coming in from that time that you're putting in. But then that ad revenue started to grow. And then it was like a hundred dollars a month for a little while. And now, as I've spoken to recently about the growth of the channel, it's going really, really, really fast. And that revenue is increasing significantly for the first time this last month, I hit $500 a month and it's continuing to go up like on a weekly basis. And so I'll keep you all posted on that, but I imagine that it's just going to keep going up and up now. And so it's really powerful, right? It's really, really, really powerful. And I'm going to go off on one little tangent and then I promise I'll bring it back around. <laughs> but one of the little drawings that I like to draw for people when I'm doing business coaching with them, and I realize that if you're just listening to this episode, you can't see me, but I'll do my best to describe it, is I like to draw this image of a little kind of like stairs, like a little set of stairs, right? And the set of stairs represents the amount of money and the amount that you can increase your income when you are teaching private lessons one-on-one. -on -one, and you're basically saying like, I will teach you for one hour and it will be $100 for that one hour, right? And so when you add another student, you go up one stair. When you add another student, you go up one stair. When you add another student, you go up one stair. Maybe you raise your rates and you go up one stair. And so if you look at the image you have, I mean, if you, if you zoom out and you have, you know, 20 steps going up, you are getting more and more money, right? You are increasing your income when you raise rates, when you get more students, all of that, but you will reach a maximum number of stairs because you only have a certain amount of hours in the day. And you only have a certain amount of capacity to be able to take on one-on-one -on -one students. In other words, to exchange like an hour for an amount of money. Okay. And then the video that I, or excuse me, the picture that I'd like to draw when I'm talking about content creation, when I'm talking about all of what we just talked about. So getting more clients, subscriptions like Patreon, digital products like courses or eBooks, sponsorships or partnerships or affiliate marketing, and then ad revenue. When we're talking about any of this, it's going to start very small. So if you look at the picture, you might just have a horizontal line. That's like not really doing much, right? Like maybe from your affiliate marketing, you're making seven cents a month. And like I just said, maybe from your YouTube ad revenue, you're making $30 a month. And it's really, it's really negligible. And in the beginning, that little step-by-step -step picture is going to far outpace the content creation picture right? Because your content creation picture, like I said, it has that little horizontal line and that little horizontal line is maybe moving up like one degree every couple months. But 
you will reach a point with that little content creation graph where that little horizontal line all of a sudden is going to skyrocket vertically. And the, the huge difference between these two pictures is that there is not a cap on where that can go, right? When we're talking about content creation, when we're talking about affiliate marketing, ad revenue, digital products, subscriptions, there is not a cap. And I just, I want you to think about that for a second because you look at the step-by-step -step model of like, okay, an hour for an amount of money, an hour for an amount of money. And there is such a finite cap on how far you can go. But when you are looking at the other model, there's not a cap. And I just, I find that to be so exciting and so powerful. And I, I want you to really understand that point that there's no cap there. So those are the ways that you can make money online with content creation. These are, this is not an exhaustive list. Okay. This is like a good introduction to the ways that you can make money. And obviously with every single one of these options, there's going to be like the way it works out in the beginning, like what we just talked about. And then there's going to be more advanced strategies that you can implement later on that will help you grow all of these things in a wide variety of ways. So now that we've talked about the ways that you can make money, I'm going to go through four tips of, of ways to get started or ways to improve what you're already doing in the online space when it comes to content creation so that you can um, actually make money with your content creation, okay? So tip number one is to just do it, okay? Just do it. And this applies to basically anything that I've talked about previously in this episode. This applies to if you haven't been gotten started, but you want to. This applies to if you started at some point, but you stopped and you're scared to get started again. This applies to if you're already creating content, but you want to level up or you want to start affiliate marketing or you really want to work towards ad revenue or you want to start selling a digital course. Just do it. Get over the idea that it's going to be perfect because it won't. I promise you it won't be perfect. The one guarantee I can make you is that if you start, you will improve right? If you keep doing it over time, you will improve. That is to be expected. And you will always look back at your very first video or your very first Instagram reel or your very first blog post. And you'll think, oh my gosh, <laughs> that is awful. Or I am so glad that I am past that point. I was working with a business coaching client the other day and she was like, I went back on your YouTube channel and I looked at your very first video. And I was slightly mortified and also slightly proud. And, and I keep them up. And there's a big debate in the YouTube community of like, should I delete my, my very first videos? I have chosen not to delete my first videos. And probably some of you are going to go like search it out now if you want to. And I don't want to tell you to do it because in my opinion, they're so much worse than the current videos. But also from a learning standpoint, I'm proud of them because I just did it right? And they're not awful. Like I didn't know anything about camera angles. I didn't know anything about lighting. I obviously wasn't nearly as good at like creating videos that were as engaging. And so you'll see all of that. That's going to be very, very present in those very first videos. But you also, when you do something consistently and you allow yourself to get better at it, I hope that you look back and you consider yourself proud of those first things. Cause I really am proud of the first videos, even though they're not to the quality that I now understand that I can make a video. I'm proud that I did it. Okay. And so if you allow yourself to just get over the perfectionistic idea that it's going to be really, really amazing from the very first post, that'll help you just get to the point where you can do it. Okay. And then you'll give yourself that space to improve over time. So the second tip kind of ties into that first tip, which is to just be consistent. And there's many reasons for this. The first reason that you should be consistent is because like we were just talking about in point one, it's going to help you improve. If you post one video or two videos and then you look back at them and you think to yourself like, oh my gosh, those are awful and you're being really hard on yourself, the likelihood of you continuing on is going to be pretty low. But if you just commit to being consistent 
and you can make a goal that makes sense for you. When I did the YouTube channel, I was like, I'm going to do it for a whole year and see if any growth has happened. And if no growth has happened after a year, I'll stop. But of course growth happened, right? Because I was doing something consistently for a year. And so if you can commit to a month or two months or six months or a year and just go all in on being consistent, regardless of if it grows, regardless of what results you're getting and just commit to the consistency, it really will change your life, I promise. And you will naturally have all of the benefits that come along with consistency. Now, the other reason to be consistent is because I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but every single platform, it doesn't matter if we're talking Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, any platform values consistency. You can go down all the rabbit holes of watching videos about that say that you need to post on Instagram 14 times a week in order to hack the algorithm, or you need to post at least three, te- three times a week on YouTube in order to get your videos shown to people. None of that matters as much as consistency. Okay, because if you read a blog post that tells you that you need to post 14 times on Instagram every week in order to get any traction and you go hard for one week and you exhaust yourself because you worked your butt off doing 14 posts, which is an insane amount of content for one week, and then you stop, nothing will happen. No growth will happen. You might get a little spurt from those 14 posts, but then it'll totally die out. Okay, every single platform favors consistency. All of the algorithms favor consistency. So make a goal that works for you and then stick to it over a longer period of time. All right, the third tip is that you don't need to know everything to get started. And kind of coupled with this is you don't need fancy equipment. Okay, so a lot of people get over the idea that it needs to be perfect, but then they go down the technical rabbit hole and they start to get really technical about like, wait a minute, which direction am I supposed to film the video or what kind of camera do I need or what kind of lighting do I need? Or, oh, I have to have a microphone or I'm not exactly sure like what kind of hashtags do I use? None of that matters, right? Those are things that you can learn as you go. So you don't need to have the answers to every single question in order to get started. You just need to have the answers to like one or two questions. Like how do I open my camera and record a video? And how do I actually find the post button, right? Like those are the important questions you need answered. And once you have those answered, you can learn as you go and you can tweak as you go and you can learn more things along the way. You can improve your equipment later on. Okay. The last tip is that once you have consistency in place and you are over the hurdle of doing it, so do not do tip number four until you already are being consistent with content creation, then I want you to start thinking about where you want to lead people. Okay. And so you can start thinking like, okay, do I want to set up a Patreon? Do I want to come up with a course? Try to figure out a way to monetize it from the very beginning, because like I described with the two different pictures, the one of the stairs and the one of the horizontal line that eventually goes vertical, the earlier on you start your monetization process, or in other words, like thinking of content as currency, the the more that's going to build and grow when you get to the point that building and growing is what you're focusing on. Okay. So once you have consistency, start to think about monetization, start to think about how you can make money doing it and go all in on that as you create the content. All right, everybody. I hope you found this episode helpful. I would love to hear your thoughts. Please feel free to DM me on Instagram or post your thoughts about this in the Facebook group. I'd love to know if you found value in it. Uh, I'd love to know what other episodes you want to hear, what other topics you want to hear me cover. And if you are getting value out of the podcast, please go ahead 
and scroll down and write a review. I love reading the reviews. The reviews help the podcast find more piano teachers who need this information just as much as you do. And so if you could take just like one minute, it literally would take you 60 seconds to just write a quick review. I would really, really appreciate it. I will read the review. I will screenshot it. I will post it on Instagram. And if I know who you are, I can tag you in it if you want me to, or I can keep it anonymous. Um, but I would love to have some more reviews on the podcast. I hope you have an incredible week. You are amazing. You can do this. Until next time, next week, have an amazing week. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much for listening. I love connecting with open-minded business owners from all over the world. As you know, a studio policy is one of the most important assets of your business, and a good studio policy will save you time and energy. For this reason, I created a free PDF with a list of three ways that you can level up your studio policy right now. To grab the free PDF, head on over to ashleyjyoung.com slash level up, and the link is in the show notes as well. Talk to you soon.